He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. We're back here on Hack City. Joe DeLeone, Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. We are here to do our next conference preview. We're moving on to the Power Five. Don't tell Mike Oresco, the American uh, commissioner, that we're calling these Power Five and G5, but nonetheless, we're doing the Pac-12 today. Sean, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, Dewey Beach, first time there as an adult, can give a positive review. I, I think I had about eight full oranges fully divvied up in the orange crush drinks that I've uh, I had just for the orange slices alone. So uh-huh. uh, a lot of vitamin C. Yeah, judging by the uh, the phone call that you gave me on Friday night, didn't seem like you guys really did very much, but... Seemed like a decent time. I don't know. I've, I've been to Dewey Beach once in the winter, not during the summer. So I can't, I can't say that I know what that experience is like. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little hectic. There are uh, uh, hour long lines to get into the bars, but uh, we, we find our way, terrible. We find our way to maneuver around that basically by getting there before the lines start and staying there after the lines dissipate. That sounds absolutely terrible. I guess it kind of comes with the, the Memorial Day it's, weekend. It, it's just I don't I I don't get how many people and and just how many people flock to this little beach town. I mean, it's a flock of people just trying to get there and white trash it up like I am, getting all burned, uh, just doing all the bad bits. I, I I'm just saying, go ahead, go go try to get a brunch there. Try to get a brunch and tell me you're you're, you're not sitting there looking around like, oh my god, how are there this many people? in such a tiny Delaware beach town. Were you actually staying near the beach or were you guys like not in close proximity to it? Buddy's place, very close proximity. Oh, so you didn't have to like rent a place. You were staying at the, somebody's crib. If we had to rent a place, uh, Sean would not have been in Dewey this weekend. We, we, <laughs> it was going to be, Hey, may, may has had some expenses. So if, if we're going to, if it, it was nice to not have the, uh, the lodging prices, but, uh, mm. there was a, there was a trade-off for the lodging, uh, by the person's drinks. Uh, so that, that worked out well. Uh, I think it's a terrible trade-off. No, no, it's uh, a fine off- trade-off. No, 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 no. You offer, you offer up to your friends to stay. You should, how many drinks do you have to buy them? Uh, I don't think he bought a drink all weekend. Oh, that's selfish. Split between the three that, of us. No, come on, come on. You don't understand the Dewey price. It, no. it would have been like 400 wait, a person wait, for like, like sharing a, a bed or a, in a terrible Airbnb. Yeah, but if somebody – did he – okay, but let me ask you this. Did he say, hey, my parents have a place. Let's go – did he invite you guys there? Uh, we have been planning it, and then the original Airbnb plans fell through, and then he's like, hey, uh, my folks got this house up here. Uh, come on up. So he was – he was going to make you. This is. I wasn't a make. Slowly, it was an which offer. Which friend is this? I'm offer. slowly losing. I, I think I know which friend it is, but I am slowly being more out on this person based on the information. No, that you're no, no. you got to be in because very cool, very nice. Uh, but it, it, it was an offer. It's the trade off. Like, hey, you know if what? I'll get you, you drinks this weekend. I'm a generous. If, I'm a generous person. Offer a couple of drinks. Offer to buy the case of beer for the house, the thirty rack for the house. Everyone buys some beers. I'm not paying for your drinks when we go out. That's that's so selfish. That's so unbelievable. Yeah. If, if if you guys were planning this trip, you should have offered it in the first place. It's just how it works. It's like if you one came out to visit me and I and I was like, 
demanding that you paid for my drinks. That would have well, been. I paid ridiculous. for all of your drinks. No, you didn't. Did I not? We went drink for drink, like a normal oh god group of friends going out or two friends going out, drink for drink. Look, I wasn't too I wasn't too upset about it because it was a last minute. Hey, are we? I guess we're really doing this. Um, I think you got hosed. I don't think I got hosed. I had a good time. Why, why do I have to get hosed? You got you got hosed. Um, today, Sean, let's get into talking about the Pac-12. So we're gonna do things a little bit differently today. We're gonna talk about four of the top teams from last year. And then we're also going to pick the win totals over under based on the number that was provided by our good friends bet online. We are going to project if we think they're going to go over or under as well as for other teams that weren't in the top four, but are notable teams to talk about for next season. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with underdog fantasy ever since i joined i've been having so much fun there are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting i'm not the biggest basketball fan but it has made it way more entertaining since i found underdog fantasy and my favorite game to play so far which i think you should try out is pick'em it is so easy to play just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's BetOnline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We have to, of course, start off with USC, who has the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Had a fantastic season. Lincoln Riley's first year ascended to the top, made it all the way to the Pac-12 championship game, got completely bludgeoned to death by Utah, which was really fun to watch, and then also lost to Tulane in their bowl game. The expectation is for them to be a playoff team this year. They have to play up to that expectation because anything less, in my opinion, Sean, I think is an underperformance. What they did, though, to set themselves up, and they they haven't been the most exciting team in terms of just general recruiting, but they've been one of the best in attacking the transfer portal. Over this past cycle, they added Dorian Singer, who was an all-conference wide receiver. They added Anthony Lucas. They added, added in Bear Alexander. Marshawn Lloyd, who's a talented running back from South Carolina, was one of their best offensive players, is now a part of that offense. And then Emmanuel Pregnon, the Wyoming interior offensive lineman, was an underrated ad, a little bit of a later ad. He is now a part of that offensive line and in the mix, replacing likely wherever Andrew Voorhees was playing. This offense is now geared back up to perform, and they added some defensive pieces. I think, though, the main thing for me, Sean, with USC – is I still don't know if I can trust Alex Grinch, and I still don't know if I can trust the defensive performance to play up to par with their offense. Uh, you can't. 
also, I have to applaud you. I be- I believe you genuinely did your best to hide your bias uh, during the during the US. That's the closest I, we're going to get. I think that's about everybody. I think that's about as close as we're going to get to Jody Leone not taking uh, uh, shots at USC, even though the Utah comment was a little bit, you know, OK, yeah. that seeped through a little bit. But um, I, I just want to congratulate you on doing that. That was uh, that was strong. Uh, the defense. Uh, was what do you want to say is lackluster too kind of a word is that too nice is that's it, too nice it was it too was nice ter- it was abysmal it was you don't, horrendous. you don't even need a defense that's on par with the talent of your offense you don't you need a defense that's going to get a stop every other other time because that's what uh defenses when they have to face the usc offense are going to have to face with because USC's offense is just going to be a dynamo. They're just going to, they're going to put up a billion points and they need a defense that occasionally can get a turnover. They need a defense that occasionally can get a stop on third down. I think their third down defense last year was hideous. If I recall. Yeah. And, and teams were just kept on keeping drives alive, drives alive, keeping the USC offense off the field. Now there's still pack 12 recruits. There's still one D one single a recruits. So they're talented. They're physical specimens. They're, they're very strong, fast, whatever you need to focus this year on defense or else you're going to end up in the exact same place because however high the ceiling you have with, with Caleb Williams and the wide receiver room and the offensive line, however high that ceiling is, it's going to keep getting dragged down by the low, low floor of this USC defense. Right. That, that's where this is literally turned into Oklahoma West. Like as much as we want to sit here Great point. and talk about how talented this roster is. And I, I applaud them. Look, Bear Alexander is a really good defensive lineman. Anthony Lucas is a really good defensive lineman. They're, these are really important players that are added into the mix that before they got those commitments, I was legitimately questioning their defensive capabilities. I'm a bit more optimistic now that they added them. But I cannot totally trust Alex Grinch. Alex Grinch has completely mismanaged this defense. And his whole time as being a defensive coordinator has not been good at calling defenses. They need to tackle better. They need to be more consistent. As you said, they need to be better on third down. All the guys are there. Do they play cohesively as a unit? Otherwise, this will be just like Oklahoma. What was the... It was the year that they played LSU in the college football playoff. I kind of foresee this team maybe being like that, that they get to the playoff and then they just get blasted on the scoreboard by somebody that that's going to be a little bit more cohesive defensively. You know what? At this point for it, I almost want them to Wade Phillips the situation and say, hey, your defense has stunk. We're going to blitz the hell out of you. We're just <laughs> going to send eight. Good luck, Pac-12. And, and you know what? If you get some deep bomb touchdowns, you convert a third and 20 every now and then, okay. But this passive, oh, go ahead and take the six yards every play defense, I can't stand it, Joe. If it's college football, do some something college football-esque because you're not running a defense well enough. You're not Georgia, who can run a pro-style defense and then turn out pro-style players for the defense. You're USC. You have athletes, right? Just athletes Mm. littered all over the field. Have them be athletes. Have them go after the quarterback just downhill and let your defensive backs be defensive backs and try to have them press and cover and do what you can do. Because a college quarterback, 
if you're sending seven, he's still going to be a little flustered unless he's a, 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 a godsend. Just do something different this year, USC, right? Anything different. Uh, the other last part I need to add here, when you're the best team in a conference outside of the SEC, it doesn't matter to me how well you perform against the teams in your conference. And what I mean by that is they're probably going to get over that 10-win mark before the Pac-12 championship game. We'll get to that in a second. But how they do, how well they match up with SEC teams is far more important because more likely than not, if and when they do make the playoff, which again, the expectation and the likelihood of that happening is pretty high. Should I feel be. as though that they're going to get there. If they win the Pac-12, they're going to go to the playoff. But are they built along the offensive and defensive line to match up with Georgia? Nobody. With LSU. Is. Nobody is. With Alabama. Well, I would argue that LSU is built to, to match up. The SEC teams are built to match up with some of those programs. I think that them adding Anthony Lucas and Barry Alexander is a step in the right direction. But I don't know if I could sit here and say that I, I feel like their offensive line is going to do well against the Georgia defensive front or the LSU defensive front. Who's blocking Harold Perkins? That's where my fear comes into play here, why I am not totally bullish on them to make it past the playoff. It might not be a pretty sight. That's fair. I uh, I mean, it's it's tough to rule them out be- and, and tough to rule them out of the playoff because how do you not put Caleb Williams in the playoff? And how mm-hmm. how does he not lead his team? He will. He's going to lead his team to the playoffs, and he's going to be – he might be a two-time Heisman. Uh, he, is, he is just stellar. Uh, so he's going to do everything that he can. Um, and then for the offensive line trenches perspective, unless you really are that undermanned like we saw with TCU versus Georgia, it could be like that if they did play, if they did play. Uh, but at the same time, if you have those situations, then you need to have an offensive line coach and an offensive coordinator that are together uh, saying, we're going to scheme against Harold Perkins. We're going to have a chip. And if that means that we have one last guy going out for a pass, so what? We're going to chip the guys. We're going to chip the problems. And and adding size on the interior, so important. I think the Barry Alexander, he wasn't a starter at Georgia, but adding some big SEC size. To well, he, he was a freshman. He's yeah. going to be – he would have been a high-end starter this upcoming year. Right. But adding some size like that in the middle, always good, always needed because they're not pros yet. And how many people – maybe one is going to be a pro on each offensive line? Two, max? Mm-hmm. Add some big big fellas because they're just not all going to be there. Scheme it up the best you can. And to just quickly kind of counter that too, that Georgia's offensive line has like three guys that are going to be in the NFL. Yeah, I know. I know. They, they Georgia, all, Georgia's we, an exception. We have we'll, to we'll acknowledge Georgia's an exception. We'll eventually end up talking about that, that offensive line. Uh, quickly though, because we've kind of really dove deep on USC here to get to some of these other teams. Win total, I think the total is set at 10. They're going to go over 10 because they're going to have enough extra games to get over there. Even if even if they like finish the season at like a nine and three record somehow, I think that they win the the Pac twelve and they or at least win their bowl game and they're over. They're at ten. Yeah, beat Han- one, two, three. Beat Stanford four, five. Beat Colorado. Okay, we're not wait wait we're not doing. I'm just we're doing, not doing some doing, mental wait. math here. We're, we're not doing the mental math they on beat, every single team. They beat Notre Dame. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they stopped the hell out of Notre Dame. Lose okay. to Utah. Um, they probably get two losses. I think they eclipse 10. Okay. If anyone wants to know what bad radio it is, it's sitting here doing counting up all the wins while I'm we're counting them. Yeah. 
That was very quick. We have to admit that was very quick. Uh, Washington, who was 11-2 and two last year, their win total is set at nine. They come into the season with what many believe is a Heisman sleeper, Michael Penix, the lefty, the transfer from Indiana. Braylon Trice, who I'm a big fan of. I have graded as a top 50 pick in the 2023, uh, 2024 draft coming up. And then they also return a lot of key uh, former top-rated uh, guys that were all-conference. Romeo Dunze is a very fantastic, uh, talented player. And then also an FCS standout, Josh Suavis. I believe I'm mispronouncing that. The tight end from Cal Poly has some juice, and I think he's going to be a contributor in this offense. My thing with Washington is I just think it's, you know, Kalen DeBoer's first year. I think that the steps that they took early on in that first season to go 11-2, and two, to beat Oregon, and to step up to the plate, those are all positive steps in the right direction. I, I don't know how they don't run the table. They're out of non-conference schedule. It's very light. They don't have to face very really any difficult opponents. Play Michigan State. They're going to kick the crap out of Michigan State. Yeah. I don't know, dude. That nine, that nine win total is a little juicy for them to hit the over on that. It's really tough because it's hitting dead on with Oregon, USC, and Utah. Those all three could be losses, and you're looking at nine right on the dot. Um, and, and I'm not saying that they could. And, and th- those are all three winnable and losable for Washington. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's set at nine because the odd makers know that the Washington team is balanced. They have a very strong quarterback. Uh, I think uh, Braylon Trice is a beast off the edge. Just, just, just huge. Uh, he just looks huge on the field. And I know, you know, it's not like uh, he's Cameron Wimbley, but he just looks like he's got a presence off the edge, uh, which is important. And they're a team that's going to beat the teams they should beat. And then in the matchups, that's where you figure out if you're going to eclipse nine or not. Because they could go 0-3 against Oregon, Utah, and USC. They could. And they could also go 2-1. and one. They could go 1-2, and two, and that you, you, could, you could be okay. Uh, so Washington, I don't think they're in a run-the-table position, but they're in a very, very solid position to maybe be sneaky. Say USC falls apart. Washington says, hey, we're here. We're talented. We're not that far back. Because they're not. Mm. They're not that far back. And that's all you need to be in a crazy college football season is not that far back. Right. And I think that like all these, like there's like this mid-tier, mid-upper tier pack of Washington, Oregon, Utah. Yeah. They all play each other. And I think it's whoever goes 3-0 and amongst that grouping is going to be the grouping that takes that step and plays in the Pac-12 championship. Like, I don't that's think what's any of them take. go through 3 and 0. I don't think any of them do cuz that's I, just I think one of them sneaks out. Fight. But I think one of them I think that two of them are going to get beaten up and one of them is going to sneak out. Kind of like what happened last year, but not really, but I think that that is what it's going to take for one team to challenge USC to be that next team. But what do you think over under on 9 wins? Are you taking the over? Oh god. Um it's hard I don't know if I'm ready to fully buy in on Washington. I'm not. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under or the push at nine. That's what I'm taking because every year I get excited about Washington, don't we? Am I the only one that says, oh, Washington, man, they're so good. Oh, look at Dante Pettis. Who is this? Oh, he's great. And now, okay, there we go. Six wins. That's phenomenal. Uh, So I'm not yet. I I can't go all in yet. I'm not. So I'm taking the under or the push. Well, this one feels a little different for me. So I'm going to, as I said earlier, I'm leaning the over on this one. I think that out of these remaining teams, 
they're going to take that next step. Oregon, however, Dan Lanning has turned this team into reminiscent to an SEC roster. We've got Bo Nix, who is somebody who's been brought up in the Heisman conversations. Troy Franklin is a very talented wide receiver. Um, I also have to take a look at their transfer portal hall by going and getting Jordan Birch, who is an explosive edge rusher from South Carolina. Justin Jacobs, who a misused linebacker at Iowa. And then former Rhode Island Ram, Johnny Cornelius, was added to an already stellar offensive line. It's hard for me to not be optimistic about Oregon. Their over-under win total is set at nine and a half, though. And that one, admittedly, it sketches me out a little bit. It does help them that their non-conference schedule consists of Portland State, Texas Tech, and Hawaii. Nothing really scary there. Mm. I I think that as I'm talking as we're talking about here, having to play Utah, having to play Washington, also having to play Oregon State again. I'm gonna give them. Damn, this is t- I'm gonna I'm gonna say over, slightly over. I'm, I think that they get to ten with a bull win. That's that's what it's gonna take. I'm giving them the over, uh, and I'm pretty confident in it. Actually, I was so impressed last year by the elevation and growth of Bo Nix. And you know what? It's just because he looks like Justin Herbert in the uniform. And I'll admit that. But that's not a bad thing to look like in the uniform. So if I'm seeing that and I can trick my stupid caveman brain into thinking, oh, Justin Herbert, the Chargers, look at him throwing deep passes. Dude, he just looks like a guy out. He just looks like the guy. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay. Where He just was not that at Auburn. He wasn't. It, it looks like two different players. And, and I know you're not playing the SEC every week. And I know you're going to go play Arizona State. Uh, but boy, was I impressed last year at how he did in the, uh, in the Pac-12. I think Troy Fl- uh, Franklin's a stud. I'm taking that over. I bet they get 10, uh, maybe even before the bowl game. Right. That's kind of like where I see it is that if they struggle a little bit, at least that bowl game is going to help them get over that uh, get over that 10 number. Because yeah. again, this, this, Dan Lanning's turning this – into an SEC roster. Now we can't always count out Utah though, which is the last important team here. Um, team that won the Pac-12 championship this past season did not show up in the Rose Bowl, which was a little bit disappointing. Cam Rising comes back to Quinn and Jackson, who is a former Texas quarterback. Tran- you know, uh, not transferred. Um, well, he transferred to Utah. He transitioned positions. Total brain fart there. Massive, strong running back. We've also got some key defensive pieces. Their offensive coordinator comes back. I can never, ever count out Utah. I'm kind of shocked that their win total is set at eight and a half. And I know I'm giving a lot of overs here. There's a lot of generous win total numbers that have been thrown out here by Bet Online. I think you might be able to make some money because the fact that they're playing Georgia on a Thursday as their first game, or not Georgia, Florida as their first game, Florida does not look good this year. There's no reason why they can't beat Florida. Yeah. I'm taking the over eight and a half. Are you kidding me? That's that's easy money. Yeah, I hate Utah. Uh, I hate stupid Kyle Whittingham and how good of a coach he is uh, because he just ruins every bet that I have. If I'm betting late night Pac-12, sitting here <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be fun. And then, oh, and as soon as they start getting rolling, as soon as I get bought in, they put a stinker out there and I'm getting hyped up about it a BYU Utah game and the, the, the crowd's going crazy. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go here. This is one of the best 
best stadiums in, in college football, how electric it is, and they get the doors blown off. I, they're just so hit or miss for me. Uh, but they play up to their comp- competition at times uh, and, and so sporadically that it makes me – it's tough for me to say I'm all in. Uh, but eight and a half, that's fine. They'll sneak a couple. They'll sneak a couple, and that's going to get them over. That's going to get them to nine. Is them just being sneaky little sneaks and, and taking games that they don't need to take. Now I want to go rapid fire here. We've got four other teams that I want to get to for win totals. UCLA first. Eight and a half wins. Sean, I think the eight and a half is very bullish for UCLA. Yeah. Them not having Dorian Thompson Robinson and having to replace um, Zach Charbonnet, I don't think they get the eight and a half. Eight and a half is a very aggressive number, especially with all these top dog teams that they all have to play. No, absolutely not. No eight and a half for me. Give me the under. Yeah, they get eight at most under on the UCLA. I also think that Oregon State's very bullish. I think we're kind of hoping that DJ Uyunglele takes that next step. And I, I know that they've got some you know, some good players. I really love um, Talise Fuaga, who's their right tackle. Really, really aggressive player. But eight and a half wins? No, I'm not taking the eight and a half. They're going to win eight games. They're, they're, give me the under. Yeah, all these teams can't get nine wins. Uh, and if you're telling me who are the teams that are going to get nine wins, it's the first four that we talked about. Uh, Oregon State, same boat as UCLA. I think uh, I think DJU gets better. I'm I, you know what, and I, I go ahead get get the fresh start. Do the do the bonex. Go do it. Be better. Uh, eight at most. So I'm taking the under. Washington State six and a half. I like this one. I think the over is realistic for them. Cam Ward, man, I think that he's going to take that next step. He looked really good in spots last year. Six and a half is low for Wazoo. They're going to steal a game that they're not supposed to. I think seven wins is easily attainable for them. I'm taking the under for Washington State. I am. Boo. I, uh, yeah, boo me. Go ahead. Boo me. Martyr me. Uh, they don't They don't have enough. Sorry. And then Colorado, lastly, three and a half wins. This one's a little tricky. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to buy into the um, – I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Three and a half is attainable. I, I, for them to assume that they only win three games is just – it's a little bit of a heavy negative outlook. Three and a half is doable. Look, I uh, I think I'm with you. Um, but and the worst. No, 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 I think I'm taking the over. I'm just I was pulling up their schedule and I typed in Colorado football, Colorado. So I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, Coach Prime's coming in here. He's shaking the program up. They've been hideously bad, and I think if they get three wins it's a step in the right direction, which is crazy to say, but they were so bad last year that if you get more than one win, it's better. I think they get four, maybe they squeak five, but that's just me trying to be a Dion fan and still hoping that he recruits me one day. Cause that's just uh, just, that's just who I am. Uh, I, I think they get the over. I'm happy with that line. I think it's a fair line also because Colorado still big stinker out West. That's going to be it for us. Good enough to wrap us up on at Joe DeLeon at Sanderson Radio. Hit that subscribe button, folks. We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.